this. Oh, Father God, thank you so much, so much for today. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for giving me the words, God, uh, to release to your people today. I pray for open ears and open hearts, Father God. I thank you for, for this incredible atmosphere of worship that was laid out before us where we, we get to minister to you, Father God. I thank you so much for posturing our hearts towards you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so the title of the message is uh, The Right Tool for the Job. And I have a couple things to get into before I actually get into the message part. Uh, just one kind of appetizer, nugget, uh, that Holy Spirit gave me yesterday um, while I was kind of preparing. Actually, no, I wasn't preparing. I was putting together my TV stand, and throughout that, I you know, had this, this little thing. So I grew up, I've been in church when I was six years old, grew up Assemblies of God. Um, I was a Royal Ranger and all that, for anybody that knows what, the, what that is. Um, what does the Bible stand for? Truth, I like that. Let's go a little. What, what, is the, what does the Bible stand for? What, what was it? Yeah, yeah. Basic instructions before leaving earth. It's very practical. What is it actually? That's what I grew up. Yeah, VBS, Royal Rangers, all that. It was, what is the Bible? The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Now, I won't go into all of the theology and everything of leaving earth and all this and what I actually believe on that. So I'm, I'm going to keep this a little more directed towards the point that God uh, gave me. And on that, it is, it is instructions. It is instructions for us. I yesterday was putting together, this all kind of came to me, I was putting together my TV stand and there wasn't a lot of uh, parts to it. There wasn't a lot of steps. I think the whole instruction manual was nine Total steps for it to be put together, a couple of little tools. It, it was simple. It was not a difficult project to do. I can do it by myself. I got to step three and just realized, like, I just want it to be done. I just want to put my TV on there. Like, I just want it to be done. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I can probably figure out without the instructions how to finish this thing. Like, it's not very difficult. And as I started looking at it, I started weighing the cost of that. I'm like, all right, I could just throw the rest of it together myself into what I think it's supposed to look like. I have the picture. I see the end result. I have all the parts, all the pieces there. Everything that I need is right there at my disposal, in my hands. Like, I can put this together. And I was like, but what if? What if I miss a bolt? What if I miss something? And it ends up coming apart. My TV falls off. Wouldn't be the worst thing because I kind of need a new TV. But <laughs> I figured, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down. I'm going to take this step by step. And I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it right. And as I'm going through that, and God's like, that's, <laughs> this may only be for a few people here. But I just wanted to give an encouragement that no matter where you're at, that just know that. Just get to that next step. Don't rush through life. Don't rush through the word. Don't rush through the instructions. There's still so much. I look at the Bible and it still scares me. It's, I'm like, there's so much in here. There's so much that I need to know. There's so much that I don't know. 
And then as soon as I think I know something, I, I feel like I get another revelation and another perspective of God's heart. And I'm like, oh, my God, this actually means something completely different. Or I, I, I get a little a deeper level of what God meant in that. And I just kind of wanted to release you from any shame, any guilt, anything of looking at somebody else's walk, looking at somebody else's life, looking at it and saying, you know what? that looks really good, I want that. So how do I just get there? Because you don't know what they learned through the process. You have no idea the lessons, the tests, the trials that were learned to get there. And then the crazy part is once you get there, and especially in reading the word and in ministry, but really anything in life, once you think you're there and you've attained it, obtained it, then you get the expansion pack. Then you get a whole nother thing, and it's a whole nother part of life. I, every single step of life, you're going, you graduate, you know, you're in elementary, you go into middle school, I mean, you think you're the biggest and the baddest. Like, I remember going from fifth to sixth grade. I was so mad because in fifth grade, I was the king of the school. Like, I mean, me and my friend, I mean, we were fifth grade. We were upperclassmen in elementary school because it only went to fifth grade. I'm like, man, we are, we are on the top of the world here. And then I had the realization over the summer, I'm like, oh, my God, that's about all come crashing down when I go into sixth grade because the way my school is now, it's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I'm like, I'm at the bottom of the food chain again. I'm, I'm the little kid on the playground. And then I got really sick. I'm like, oh, my God, there's no playground. Like, in, in sixth grade, we don't get recess anymore. But every step of life, like, it comes with new challenges. It comes with new revelation. It comes with new skills. And it's so unfair for you to compare your walk, your journey, your status in life to anybody else because you have no idea, one, what it took to get there, and if you're even supposed to be there. Say you do get the cheat code. You get a fast track. You get whatever that doesn't actually benefit you because of everything that you've missed on the way there. The life lessons. Sometimes the best lessons we learn are from failure, from getting it wrong. The only way I, I can know what I don't know is by getting it wrong sometimes. And to take the word, to take, it is, these basic instructions. To take this, take it piece by piece. This, I'm going to tell you, vulnerable moment for me right now. Like, this is, it is hard. I am not a fast reader. And even to uh, soak in and comprehend what I'm reading, I have to read very little pieces at a time. And because I'll think on it, I'll chew and I'll take a verse. And then, I mean, it'll be, you know, 30 minutes later. And I'm like, man, I really should be further along in this. And I look, I've looked at the word before and been like, I have so much that I need to get through. So that way I can be who God created me to be. False. Fake news. No, you are already who God created you to be. But at your pace, at the pace that he has set for you, because he knows how much you can handle. He's not going to put more on you than you can bear. He absolutely, he's going to walk this thing with you. He'll, he'll tell you. He'll tell you how much you need to do and when. He'll put that pull in your heart. It might be a chapter a day. It might be a chapter a week. It might be a chapter a month. 
it might be the same book for a whole year. Maybe he really needs you to get into Ephesians because there's something that you are going to unlock. There's something that you're going to unlock that nobody else is going to have that perspective. But there's things in your life that you're going to walk through as you read it that if you just blew past, they're not going to make sense anymore. So I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I really just want to give the encouragement. I feel like I just want to take some guilt and some shame off of it of don't rush through the instructions. Don't rush through life. God, has, he knows the plans that he has for you. Let's walk those plans. Let's not try and speed them up. Let's not slow them down. Don't let, I mean, so the whole flip side of it, let's not let fear stop you from going at the pace that God wants you to go. It, it, it can be easy to say, okay, well, that's, that's too fast for me. That's not God. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable right here. For my introverts, for everybody, you know, that's scared to take that step. The only question you need to ask is, what is God's pace? Everybody, what is God's pace? You go at that pace, and it is different for every single person here. Do not expect somebody else to go at your pace. Do not get mad at them because they can't operate at your pace. You, you need to go exactly as fast as or as slow as God has told you to. And when you're taking in the word, when you're digesting the word, just know, all right, how much do I need to eat today? How much do I need to take in today to accomplish exactly what God had for me? So that's my little VBS nugget. <laughs> so uh, getting into it, uh, the right tool for the job the right tool for the job. Before I get into it, I'm going to be talking about the Trinity today. I'm going to be talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and this is my perspective on it. I know there's so many different ways we can, you know, slice this up and we can peel this onion, but right now, I'm going to give you exactly what God uh, has spoken to me on this, and, and I am going to be talking about very heavily God the Father as a father, like using a father figure, the father's heart, God the son as a brother, the Holy Spirit as a mother's heart. And I understand, before I get into it, God just put a halt on this. And he said, I need, I need you to make sure that they're going to see it through the right lens. Because I may have lost half of the room already just saying I'm talking about mothers, fathers, and siblings. Why? Because maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your father. Maybe your, your, your mom or your dad wasn't around. Maybe they were abusive. Maybe they were just not great parents. Maybe they were doing the best they could, and the best they could still made your life hard. Maybe you don't talk to your siblings. Maybe you've never had a good relationship with them. If that is the lens that you put this through, you are going to miss what God is saying. You are going to miss what God has for you right now. You can't let your past pain and experience dictate what God has for your future. Because if you do that, you will miss so much of the face of God. You will miss so much of the heart of the Father because I'm gonna go into it. So Romans uh, 5, 17 through 19 uh, says, uh, for if because of one man's trespasses, death reigned uh, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, 
Uh, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Uh, and in verse 19, this is the one that I was really focusing on. Uh, for as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. If you go through life holding what your mom, your dad, your siblings, your aunt, your uncle, what they did to you, and you put every relationship through that lens, you have now said that the sin of Adam is more important than the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. You are not putting them innocent. We were made in the image and likeness of God. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are now one with him. You are in union with Jesus. And if that is true, then you cannot hold these things against other people because you are, you are limiting yourself. You are limiting yourself in how you view the world, how you view your relationships, because you are seeing them through your pain. You are seeing them through your hurt. You're seeing it through your own experience instead of seeing it through God's eyes. Instead of seeing it the way God intended it in the beginning when he said, I create man and woman in my image. And then, yes, Adam messes up. The sin of one man condemned all. That's not the end. That's, what, that's where we focus on, well, no, you hurt me, so then everybody's going to hurt me. You left me, so everybody's going to leave me. It's just a matter of time. That is focused on Adam. That is Adam-focused. That is not Jesus-focused. That is not looking at a situation saying, I know what you did to me. I know how you made me feel. But I know what God says about you. I know what you, how you were created. I know that you were created in the image of God. So no matter what, I'm going to treat you like that. And I'm going to treat every relationship from here on out like that. So if we can agree on that, or you can at least know that that is the lens that we're going to be, uh, you know, going through this, uh, the actual meat of my sermon on, uh, that'll be very helpful for me. Be the right tool at the right time. In trying to come up with analogies for this, because Chris Valentin, he's one of my, you know, favorite uh, speakers, preachers, just, he has the best stories, the best analogies, and I was, and I had nothing. I could not think of it. I couldn't think of a good, I'm like, we use tools for everything. We use, you know, and couldn't come up with anything. But so the best I had was I was thinking about going out to eat. And I was like, how difficult would it be? So if I'm going to like, you know, a soup and salad place and they offer me chopsticks, that is going to make my experience there very difficult. My soup has basically become a drink now at that point. And the salad is just going to get stabbed repeatedly until I can figure out how to to wear that, but it is using the right tool at the right time. You know, now chopsticks are great for when I'm eating sushi. A spoon is great for when I'm eating soup. If I'm going to get a fountain drink and I have no cup but a spoon, it's going to be a very slow drink. It's just a little, a little bit at a time, a little bit of Pepsi, and maybe I'll try something different. It's, it's going to be very, very slow because that's not the right tool to accomplish the job that I'm trying to get done there. 
There you go. So finding the right tool, finding out what it is that I need right now to accomplish this job right now, that's where it is. Is it God the Father? Is it God the Son? Is it God the Holy Spirit? Now, I want to say, you cannot have one without the other. Even though I know I am separating them right now because I believe there is different um, aspects of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's different, um, the, the word is eluding me right now. There's different sides, different sides of the Holy Spirit because at a certain point, you need God the Father. At a certain point, you need God the Son. At a certain point, you need God the Holy Spirit. Now, when you get one, you're getting all of them. But there is a certain uh, just aspect of it that hopefully will make sense here in, in a little bit. God the Father. Like, I think about my dad. And now, and this is, again, why I said, you know, if you're hearing this through the lens of whatever your relationship with your father was like, that could be really hard. Because if you just think of all the negative things that your dad was, you're not going to hear the heart on this. And you don't understand the heart of the father yet. I believe that you will. My dad was super consistent. My dad was super, he always had a job. We always had somewhere to live. Uh, we always had two cars. Like, we always had what we needed. Uh, every, every year at the beginning of school year, I got money for uh, new school clothes. Sometimes I didn't use it super wisely. Uh, but, you know, there was, there was always something there. And, and my dad was just always there for me. And I'm going to tell this story simply because I told it in the first one. So here we go. My, so my dad, he's my stepdad. Tim Bonzelar, he is my stepdad, and I, I love him with everything in me. He's my dad. Technically, he is my stepdad. My biological father is uh, somewhere in Texas. I don't know him very well. I've met him a couple of times in my life, um, but his, his last name is Borrego. So I have Tim Bonzelar, Jimmy Borrego. A lot of people ask, why, didn't you, why don't you have the same name? Because he came into my life when I was in third grade, and I wanted a dad. I wanted a dad so bad. Anybody that was a friend for more than 10 seconds, I was like, can I call you dad? My uncles, I was like, can I just call you dad? And like, I, I wanted that so badly in my life. And so when my dad came along and he married my mom, I was so happy, but I was happy for another reason. See, up until third grade, my last name is Borrego. I am Mexican, full-blooded Mexican. Uh, everybody called me Jimmy Burrito. And I hated that. I hated being called Jimmy Burrito. And these kids, third graders, they were mean. They're just little kids, they were mean. So coming back into third grade, now my mom is married. And so they start right away. And it was funny because it wasn't smart on their part because I wasn't much smaller than I am now in third grade. So <laughs> I... A lot of kids caught a swift beating for calling me Jimmy Burrito, but it didn't stop them. But I come back and they're like, hey, Jimmy Burrito, what's up? And I was like, no, no, you guys can't call me that anymore. It's not Jimmy. My mom got married. It's not, it's Jimmy Bonzelar. They're like, what's your name? It's like Jimmy Bonzelar. So you're Jimmy Bunzelard now? <laughs> and in that moment, Third grade Jimmy made an executive life decision 
that being Jimmy Burrito was better than being Jimmy Buns of Lard. And I went home and told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna keep my last name. I'm gonna be Jimmy Borrego. And that, that is the, the deep uh, reason why I love my dad. I love Tim Bonzelar with everything in me. He is a great father. He's a great husband. Uh, he was a pastor. Like, like he's, he's an amazing man. Um, but so if for some reason everybody ever wonders why we don't have the same last name, now you know. But my dad was super consistent. So I started thinking, all right, God the Father. What, what aspects of the father's heart do you need to have? He said he's a protector. A good father is a protector, a provider, an authority figure. He gives guidance and tough love. Like to me, that's, that's what makes up, and I know that there's more things to it, but that's what makes up a father's heart. I was in the store the other day and, and my daughter, Mia, she had asked me, we're in Lowe's, and she asked me, she goes, Dad, what is the most important thing about being a father to you? I'm like, in Lowe's? Like, why, why are we dropping bombs like this? Like, I'm, I'm lost in Lowe's trying to find a hammer, and she's hitting me with these, like, deep life questions. She's going into sixth grade. I'm like, ah, most important thing of being a father. And I'm, I'm going through all of it. And then I finally, it just, it kind of hits me. To me, the two most important things is, I thought I said, it is my job to protect you from other people, to keep you safe from anybody that tries to hurt you. And it is also my job to keep you safe from yourself. That if you try to hurt yourself, if you try to do things, like those are my, everything else I want to be good at. But what I have to be great at is protecting you from others that mean you harm and protecting you from yourself. And that, as a father, that is a very, very difficult thing to do. The protecting from others, not so much. But if you're getting beat up, you want somebody to come and intervene. You don't really have a problem with that. If, if, if somebody is on top of you and just putting you into the ground, like, and somebody comes along as a father figure and yanks them off, you are extremely happy at that point. Not so much when you're the one causing the pain. When you're the one that is going down a path that to you seems right. It seems like this is exactly what I am supposed to be doing. Nobody can tell me any different. Has anybody ever felt like that maybe as a teenager or anything, ever had any experiences like that? I absolutely did. 17-year-old Jimmy knew no wrong. Everything I did was gold. Everything I did, every idea I had, every time I raced my car, I, I grew up on Fast and Furious. Please do not judge it by the last movie. I'm just gonna say that right now. But, I mean, every idea I had was amazing. And you know what? My mom and dad didn't think so. They, very many times, my dad, you know, he saw me running headfirst into a wall. And how hard it is for a father, one, to try and protect you from that, and then you turn around and get mad at them. Why won't you let me do that? This is what I want. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. They're like, no, it's going to hurt really, really bad. And then 
really the Father's heart. How many times have you run into a wall and then afterwards been like, God, that's not what I was supposed to do. Why didn't you stop me? All-powerful God, creator of the heavens and the earth, couldn't stop me from buying this lemon of a car that I wasn't supposed to have. That is a part of the Father's heart that is extremely hard to do sometimes. That no matter how much you love and care for somebody, say, if you really want that, the wrath of God, saying, okay, I'll let you have it. I'll, I'll let you, I love you so much that if, the, if here's the answers, here is the protection, here is the guidance. So people see that as control. They see that as, oh, that God just wants to control me. Church wants to control me. My parents just want to control me. No, we want to care for you. We want to help you through the hard situations. We want to help you not run headfirst into a wall. We want to be that protector. We want to provide guidance for you. You need to ask yourself, is that the side of God that you need to be in this moment? Then we have God the Son. To me, like a brother, a sibling. A good brother, a good sibling, they'll fight with you and for you. They'll push you to take chances. They'll teach you from their mistakes and experiences. They'll be family no matter what. And that last one, that's the one that's really hard to get as a brother. Because when you're going into a situation as a friend, as a brother, you don't have the same authority as mom and dad. My brothers, they, they helped me get into trouble and they helped me out of a lot of trouble. They helped me with their life experiences. They, they were in it with me, not down my throat telling me what to do, not coddling me. They were in it with me. And this is why I say seeing this through the, through the correct lens, even if I turn my back on them, and I, I see this happen a lot with siblings because you don't have the same authority as a mom or a dad. And when you turn your back on each other, it's easy to walk away. It's easy to say, whatever. Do you? I'll see you at Christmas. You can't treat me like that because you're not mom. You're not dad. But a good brother still sticks by our side. Jesus never, never leaves us, never forsakes us. No matter how far you run, you don't have to run that same distance back. You don't have to earn all that time back. You don't have to work to get back into his good graces. No, it's, it's a simple turnaround, and he's there pursuing us, praying for us, interceding for us constantly. That's what sometimes that's the side of the train that you need. You need to be that brother that says, you know what, I'm going to be here for you no matter what, no matter how far you run, no matter how much crap you talk about me, no matter how much you drag my name through the mud. Now, will I take that over and over and over again? I'll let you do you. I'm not going to let myself get beat up over and over and over again, but I'm not going to make you work for it when you're ready and you've seen the errors of your ways. That, again, is a very hard thing to do as a brother, as God the Son.
then the Holy Spirit. A mother's heart. A mother's heart is a safe place. It's a place to get spoiled. A mother's heart is to serve and to heal. And I want to say this right now because some of you men and women, you might be hearing this, you know, okay, so we got God the Father, the manly, the masculine, the father's part, and then the mother. Now this is the soft, the tender, the gentle, the I'll hold you, we'll cry, whatever. In the image of God, man and woman, made in the image and likeness of God, you don't get one without the other. You don't get to just be a hammer and that's it. Well, that's just who I am. I'm a hammer. You need a wall knocked down? You need me to go punch the love of God into somebody? I can do that for you because that's, that's what God created to me. I'm, that's, that's the Godhead. I'm, I'm, I'm the hammer. You know what? You're missing two-thirds of the kingdom there. You're missing a huge side of God by having the mindset that I can't be that. Don't say that anymore. I'm hoping if nothing else, you're gonna, you will have permission after today to know that there is nobody that can sit in front of you that you can't help. Anybody in any situation, no matter what they need, they need a father, a brother, or a mother that you can give them exactly what they need because you are filled with the fullness of the kingdom. You are filled with the fullness of God. You have come into union with Jesus. There is nothing you cannot do. So if somebody sits in front of you and your inclination is to be a hammer, but they just really need somebody to listen, you need to tap into the Holy Spirit. If somebody is sitting in front of you and your inclination is to say, hey, let's, let's get into some trouble with this. That's a good idea. Let's, let's kick it up a notch. Uh, let's see if we can take this car you know, over the lake instead of around it. <laughs> your brother might say that. But maybe you're at that point. They just say, hey, why do you want to do that? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your head right now that, that that seems like a good idea? Maybe when somebody comes to you because they've made every wrong decision in the book, just every dumb thing that somebody could do, they've done it twice over. And they come to you, and maybe all they need right now is just somebody to listen, somebody to serve them. When I was little... I was, I was hungry. I didn't ask my dad to cook me anything unless it was steaks on Sunday. It's the only thing that my dad cooked, steaks on Sunday. Other than that, mom, I'm hungry. Sometimes it was, well, go find something to eat. <laughs> but more often than not, I said, what can I cook you? Wait a minute, dinner's in a little bit. This is what I'm making. You need to wait. She would serve us. She served our family. Sometimes the best thing that you can do for somebody when they have just been acting a fool and every bit of what they've done deserves to get smacked upside the head is to serve them. What can I do for you? How can I help you? Maybe it's just listening. You might have every great idea and answer in the world, but some of the best things that my mom did for me was just let me vent. 
let me cry about all the dumb things that I did, all the bad decisions that I made. And then when the time was right, she could help me through them. Gigi, if you can come up. One of the things here, like, guys, you have to understand that we need all three. You have all three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Like, you carry the heart of the Father. You can run with people like a brother. You can serve people like a mom. And I know that that's not only how it goes, so don't lock that in. But know for right now that this is, this is the way that God has, has given it to me to deliver to you guys. That don't be scared saying, well, I'm not equipped, so I can't help somebody. Don't do that. You have everything. Everything inside. It might feel a little uncomfortable sometimes because maybe you're not used to operate in that. But you absolutely have that. Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the fullness of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Now we've all seen and maybe have operated even ourselves in only one third of the kingdom or two thirds of the kingdom. Maybe we've been missing joy. You absolutely can go through life operating, but that doesn't change what's inside of you. That doesn't change that that's what God put inside of you when he created you. And so just like that, we want the fullness of the kingdom. We need the fullness of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit to say, no matter what comes my way, I can be all things to all people. I can meet you where you're at. I can help you no matter what your life circumstance is. If somebody is standing in front of you broken and hurting or getting ready to break and hurt someone, you've got the solution. You've got the answer to that. You are fully equipped for that. So you stand up with me. We're going to go into our, our prayer time now. If I could have the prayer team, come on up. to say right now that if there is anybody here, I don't know everybody, if there is anybody here that this is just gibberish to you, this just doesn't make sense, you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then this time is for you. If there's something pulling at your heart to say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to come into right relationship. I want to grow more in knowing who God is and who God is in me. Then you need to come down to this altar. Do not hesitate. Don't let another day go by that you wonder. And if anything that I said today, if, you, if you've been scared to help anybody, if you felt ill-equipped to do what God has called you to do, then come down to the front. Because every single person up here knows exactly how much God is inside of you. Every single person down here believes in you. And if you think like that, I can guarantee you they believe in you more than you do. 
And that's the type of people you need in front of you, praying for you. And anything else, if you need healing, if you need just somebody to just pray over you, I, I tell this to my youth all the time. If you're feeling a pull but you don't know what to pray about, that's the best time to come and get prayer. Because these trusted people up here, they know exactly what to pray for you. They know exactly how to tap into the Father's heart and to give you exactly what God wants to give you right now. So I would ask you, like, this is not, there's not a time just to listen to music again. There's not a time just to worship again. This is a time for prayer. This is a time that we have set aside because we want to pray for you. So as Gigi goes into worship, I'll just release you guys to come down to the front, come and get prayer. Don't let fear or anxiety or anything stop you from that. These altars are open. Please come down.